Yeah, so I'm in the right place. Like, and I don't mean St. Louis because I, I want to move out of St. Louis. I mean um, um, doing doing these this type of work. Uh, mm. I've been passionate about forever. You know, I, I've I've always wanted to contribute to these things, and I take it very seriously. And and I love doing it. I don't love the deadlines. I don't love having to juggle 15 jobs at once because I'm freelance. But I do love the work, and I'm so happy when the product comes out, and especially freely because they make it so goddamn beautiful. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's what freely. I mean. It it shows. It, it there's always a concern, I think, as a fan, that when someone says they're going to do an RPG on anything that we love, Battlestar Galactica. It's like, are they doing it because they love it? Or did they look at a list of properties and go, there could be some money in this. Let's do it. And what you just said there is exactly what 90% of licensing is. Mm. Uh, It's, we had such a huge plan for like Star Trek and IDW didn't. They built their plan later and they built a good one later. They put out a lot of good books. But if you look at their early books, it was clear when they first got it, they were like, "Um, uh, you want to write this? We got this thing. Someone's got to do something. Mm. And then they got it. Right. But they had to get there Mm. because they just saw Star Trek. We can make money off Star Trek. Boom. Okay. And I'm not calling out IDW or anything like that. No, no, no. I love these companies and I understand why the business is done this way. I just don't think that way because I think of it from a passion point. I think of it as a creator. And I think, I think, I think I've also proven though, that by approaching it the way I do, we can make some amazing products that people will resonate with because we didn't turn this alien thing into the, and then an alien appears. Right. Mm-hmm. And if somebody, if somebody who just got it because, Hey, alien, that's a thing. They probably would have done that. Mm. Um when Dark Horse did the first alien comics they did, those are fantastic. The, yes. the white ones that then have been, they changed the characters because they had to after Alien 3. And the novelization Steve Perry did of those, or maybe Stephanie Perry, I don't know, S. Perry, whichever S it was. Um, they, they're they fantastic. They're amazing. I would love to move us to a place where that Earth War stuff is coming. Mm. I've set things that into motion that we could get there or not, depending on whether or not the studio decides they want to let us go there next. Um, and then, mm-hmm. you know, when they were later on, it was clear that they were like, oh, let's do another alien thing, just do another alien thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly there was another masterpiece, like uh, Tribes. Tribes is amazing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but I don't, what, one of the things we're trying to do with the alien stuff is that it's, hey, we need we need event after event after event. Every book is an event. The adventures that are in the novels by themselves, they're not events. The event there is that we are doing adventures that are novels. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's still right. an event. Um, mm. We could be putting out 52 little short adventures every every year. We're not. We're making you say, and now here's the next big Star Wars film of alien right. adventures. You yeah. Yeah. Because there's care involved in this, you know, and it, that's obvious. When it I'm, definitely I, comes across. When I, yeah, when I read the core book, I was so um, happily surprised. I knew it'd be good because it was free league. Because I had, I didn't know who you were at the time. I knew free league, so I knew that it would be good. But I was shocked at how good it was. And oh, never mind's doing it. Stop. <laughs> oh, I don't hear it. Yeah, no, I, I don't either. Um. But yeah, I was shocked at how good it was and how much care and attention was in every part of it. Um, 
it was very easy to read. And normally I find core books mm. a bit of a chore. There's usually something cool. There's something all right. But they're a bit of a chore. Mm. So they're usually pretty heavy on rules. and But from start to finish, it flows really well. It was really easy to read. And I remember even then before I'd read Chariot that I was like, this this could have a lot more life than I thought it was going to have because of what was the, the way it read. There was so much more information on the setting than what I expected. And, and and the things I did, like most of it is filling in the blanks with stuff using stuff that existed already. I didn't mm. make up a lot of stuff in that stuff. You know, I, I connected the dots between a novel that had nothing to do with what someone was thinking about a comic here and then an unused script. And I connected those things because, hey, you know what? Those things are talking about the same thing. Let's do this. But it's just connecting the dots is what I did. And I mean, luckily I can write. So I connected them in interesting ways, which is why it reads as well. As yeah, it yeah. But it all pulls from this and that and this and that. And every little rumor in there is like, oh, yeah, they're talking about that comic. And oh, yeah, that's funny. He mentioned that guy with the feet that was uh, that, that got kicked off that set. You know, it's like it's like random nonsense that I, I find from everything and just throw in there. But we've got now, so that trilogy is coming to an end. Mm. We have the one campaign with um in the colonial marine guide uh without being able to give anything away that you're not allowed to um is there any is there going to be more campaign guides for like space no, we're, we're, and- we're, we're we're getting rid of the license we don't like it so. <laughs> <laughs> oh that'd be the netflix way it's really successful the Netflix. <laughs> It's been doing so well that we're going to bring it to an end. Thank you. Um, so I should say that in Heart of Darkness, the 26 Draconis strain saga concludes. Right. Uh, what I mean by concludes is that it's like, oh. <laughs> but in the process of that, oh, you like, Oh, so there's this threat we didn't realize that is this big thing that's a new threat that's going to appear in everything, hopefully. Um, we've introduced it. We, we've taken it to the next level. I cool. pushed for this thing that I didn't think that they were going to go for, and they were like, absolutely, it looks great. So mm. opened a whole Pandora's box with Heart of Darkness, okay? Awesome. Um, and I'm, you can expect to see things falling out of that throughout all the alien stuff, okay? Excellent, excellent. Um, the um the next campaign book is an explorer slash colonist book called building better worlds okay okay uh it's about um this is again the marine thing um what was that old marine thing from vietnam uh Oh, there's no reasons. You know, join the army, go to interesting places, meet oh. interesting people, and kill them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Explore new worlds, yeah. go to interesting places, meet new alien creatures, and get killed by them. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's about it's about finding these worlds, exploring them, and then trying to put down roots and colonizing them. Um, so wow. it, kind of, it takes care of all those aspects. Um, mm. Uh, so it's it's a lot of its sense of wonder, but it's also the space trickers have it good compared to the colonists. The colonists have been talked into starting a brand new world somewhere else on another planet, and they get there and it's a fucking dust ball, yep. air that's hard to breathe because it's not fully 
developed yet and and good luck finding anything of value on this planet and and um you got to wonder why is Waylon Yutani putting people out there on all these useless worlds what are they what is the point of that why are we terrifying forming these worlds what does this world have to offer us if the world has a lot of ores and stuff okay it makes sense but yep mm-hmm. LV426 like what were the, why did they do that of what strategic importance was that planet? It's not because they knew the alien was there. Because in fifty in fifty seven years they would have freaking right. Okay, <clears throat> the truth of the thing that the people that get confused about with this, and I'm, I'm just going to lay this out for people. Whoever the most likely scenario here is that whoever was in the office at Wayland Yutani who wound up diverting Nostromo. Okay, they had gotten their hands on the David tapes or something, knew about the transmission. Of, of of what was coming from LV426 and decided to send someone to send there and see if it has something to do with this thing that we know about, okay? They had someone who had access to Wayland tapes from back in the day, sent them there. We lose a $40 million freighter in the process. Shit, I can't have this get back to me. Burn the evidence, either get fired or quit, whatever. That information gets buried. Mm. about what's going on in that planet. They, 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 they colonize that planet for some other reason. Okay, whatever the reason is. Okay, mm. and they don't expect there to be anything on there. And then Ripley shows up, and they're like, "It's a rock. What are you talking about?" Mm. Burke goes and does some digging and finds these old files from some guy who's been dead for thirty-five years or something who covered it up to protect his ass. And Burke says, oh, well, I better go see about this. Burke goes without telling anybody. Burke going to those files trips some alarms, which causes Michael Bishop to say, what are these files? He sees them. And that's why as soon as they find out that Ripley's alive and she's got got the data, he sends the Patna in Alien 3 to go pick her up. Okay. Mm. They didn't know for 57 years that there was an alien on this planet and we're just waiting for the colonists to find it. <laughs> no, that's not what happened, people. That makes no sense. I see that so many times in the groups. I'm like, why, why didn't yeah. they just scour the planet to look for it then? It doesn't make sense. Um, and again, I don't know why I went on that tangent. Damn it. <laughs> no, but it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, I got no idea where I was going with that, but I went somewhere. So um, the point is, is that, um, damn, I don't know what the point is. Tell me what we're talking about. <laughs> no, everyone, everyone looks blank. I was going to say, Emily, this is um, normally your Try to follow, um, try to follow yeah. the threads back. Because the GMs always get lost in, in what we're doing. So it's always <laughs> Emily that's like, this is what, what was killing it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, this is what was killing us? Is that what I normally said? That's fantastic. I love it. It was an alien. Uh, no. Um, hmm. Colon- colonies. We were talking about the we're new about- the new core book, the colonies. Yeah. Yes. Colonists and exploring. Oh, the colonist book. Yes. yes. Colonist exploring book. worlds and finding okay, so why, exciting why alien it- creatures and being killed by them. Yeah, and then I went off that crazy tangent. Well, at least it was an entertaining <laughs> one. Um, so yeah, so so why are we colonizing worlds like this? What purpose mm-hmm. could we have for it? There must be some reason. Okay, yeah. these, these are questions that you got to think about when you're playing as colonists or playing as explorers. Like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, I don't want to give away the secret of what the campaign's about because it's really cool, and um, I don't think I think it's too soon to to tell. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Have me back on again at some point. We'll talk about. Oh it. yeah, for sure, for sure. I do have one question. Sure. Because we were going to start Chariot to introduce um, the characters. We always try to do a trailer for our games when we can. So we're going to do one with uh, the captain, which in this case is Emily, and the company man, which is Adam, who's going to be Wilson. Yeah. Um, their first, not their first meeting, but it'll be the first meeting for the game. So to, just to introduce some of the characters so that when we, we start, people get a bit of an idea. It was going to be at some form of shipyard where the Montero was getting um, sort of some basic repairs before they were heading to, because uh, what I wanted to do was I want to do a couple of using the, um, I'd use the roles to choose jobs that's in the core book to do a couple of jobs first before getting to the actual chariot. So this is the adventure. This chariot is of the not- Gods. Yeah, this is not right before Chariot. This is a few adventures before Chariot. Yeah, I'm going to just do a couple, just so they can get into their character and get the okay. idea of Space Trucker, and then so Chariot will then happen somewhere down the line. Also, so it's not the Jack in the Box in this, you know, like like you said, it's sort of like do 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 do. It's got to be here somewhere. So they're not sure when it's going to happen. Which one is Chariot? They won't know because I'm not telling them. So you don't want to ask me this question now. You want to ask uh, me no, but- <laughs> <laughs> but we'll plug is, our ears. We'll plug. What our is ears. the um, shipyards like? So I couldn't find any information on the shipyards. Where would something like the Montero be like repaired? In that, is it like a space dock or is it? Yeah. So the, okay. So anchor point two, the station that's mentioned in the core book. Okay. Yep. The first anchor point was destroyed. It's, it's to yep. replace. Okay. You you can find it on the map. It says in Chariot that the 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 Mon- the Montero, right? Yeah, it's Montero. Yeah, that's Montero. Yeah. And I was like, Sotillo. No, that's the other ship. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, the Montero um, is operating out of Anchor Point, and that they're on the Gauntlet, which is a uh, series of planets, which we'll get explained more when we get to the Space Trucker um, thing. That ends with a planet called Sutter's World, and that's where they're headed, Sutter's World. Yeah. Um, but there's other planets that are along the way to that. Um, so, Anchor Point is a um, if you look it up in the book, it's a, it's a giant station and it's got, it's got uh, dry docks and all this other stuff in it. So yeah, yeah, that, that would be their hub area. It's down at the bottom of the map by um, the outer reach, not not, not the rim, but the, the, the American, the far reach of the American arm. That's what it is. That's what it's called. That's cool. Um, Yeah. I wasn't sure how they repaired because these are not small ships. So if it's big changes, they go into dry dock, which means they get brought inside and locked into the thing, and then the mm. the vacuum is pulled out. Well, not pulled. It, it it's depressurized a little bit. You probably still have to wear masks and stuff, but in order to do the repairs easily on the inside, because mm. you can't risk if it, if the repair is going to be done in dry dock, it's because you can't risk de- uh, explosive decom explosive decompression. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> and they mentioned they mentioned it in the first movie about how yeah, we got a dry dive, you know. Mm. So um, yeah, anchor point is big enough that it has bays that you can put it in and do that with. Awesome. So I'm hoping my plan, and I don't know this is this is just me. This is not free league official. I do I can tell you that after we're done with the marine stuff, uh, after we're done with the colonist stuff, we're going into space truckers. Excellent. I have. Mm. I hope we can do blueprints for anchor point and do uh like a lot of missions that take place in anchor point at that point because mm. um it's i 
I think it's a really living, a giant living, breathing space that is mm. in space. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Lots to do there for sure. Well, that was the first thing I think we noticed as a difference. I mean, we'd all seen the films and that, but mm. when we play Star Trek, if it's like we've got to go out onto the, the dish and repair something, it's like you throw on your suit, you walk out, it's all pretty, space is beautiful, no big deal. Alien does not feel like that, like right from the start. And one of the, I keep telling, they're, they're sick of me talking about this one too, but my favourite part in some ways of um, isolation was when they couldn't dock and are going to have to spacewalk and they're in the, the airlock and they're all getting nervous. But as soon as those doors opened, it was like, oh, fuck no. No, <laughs> I don't want to do this. Trek, no big deal. You just press press your button and psh, scoot across. This yeah. looked scary. The idea of now being in space, crossing the 100 metres from the ship to the other airlock did not feel like something you want to do. This was not a cool thing to be. And that space is the enemy is mm. really prevalent in. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted, I wanted to... I mean, like, there's there's so many ways to die, and there, we can romanticize space, or we can look at how how terrible it can be. I mean, it's the same thing with it's the same thing with underwater movies, like mm. you know, like mm. The Abyss and and Leviathan and all those other films. Is like there's there's the pressure will kill you. It's just it's terrible ways to die. Actually, that movie Underwater that came out a few years ago, I really liked. Um, what's it called? It's called Underwater, but what's her name? Um, the, the the girl from uh, Twilight, uh, Kristen Stewart, or yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, she's the main character in that. Oh yes, yes, it, it's a really cool movie. You should check it out if you haven't seen it. Oh, um, I will. Yep, seen it. Yeah, yeah it, it's easy. It, it's easy to watch a movie and apply it to being in outer space instead of underwater uh, when you watch it. So it might get get some inspiration there. Uh, another movie that I really like that is in space that deals with a lot of the space stuff you're just talking about is Sunshine. I don't know if you have ever seen mm. that. Um, I rewatched that again recently. I like that movie a lot. Some messed up stuff. Um, yeah, I like. I like. It's beautiful, but it's terrifying. Mm. Um, right. I uh, I went skydiving for the first and last time uh, <laughs> a few years ago. It's interesting. Um, I needed to do it once. I don't ever need to do it again. <laughs> but, um, but it's very interesting because, and and this is the type of stuff that I try to try to hook into when I'm writing the horror stuff. Um, I was ready to do this. You know, I, I decided I wanted to do this. I had a friend who could connect us, uh, hook us up with a place where they did it. And um, she got it for me for my birthday and we went and um, we're in this rinky dink plane and we're in this rinky dink plane where you can't, there's no seats in the back. It's like, almost like, it's almost like if it was a station wagon, they put the seats down. Mm. And so you're sort of like you're, you're you're sort of like half sitting, half laying with this parachute on your back and this thing, and this little plane, and it's going up like this. So it's going up like this in circles. Okay, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and you can feel it because it's so small, and you're feeling you're like being pushed to the side yeah. of the plane as we're doing this. And then they you get up there and they just they pull open the door. Now the first time you go, you, they don't let you jump out by yourself. Mm. Yeah, or attach to somebody behind you who's going to take care of everything. Um, and and they open the sliding door like a, a van, you know. And I'm looking out over the side and it's, you know, that you have a parachute on and you have a man strapped to you who knows how to do this, who's done this a million times a day, and he's going to take care of it. But every cell in your body is saying, (laughs) 
don't mm. you fucking be an idiot. Do not <laughs> do oh, yes. And there's just no move. It literally is the deer in the headlights moving. That moment, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't move. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was about to say, I don't think I can do this. And he just pushed us off. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we're, we're, we're tumbling. And I keep seeing in my field of vision, I see the plane go. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? And then you get to the point where you're putting your arms out and you're just going and you don't have the parachute out yet. You're just going. And it's like, it's suddenly this amazing, peaceful moment. And it's like, wow, this is amazing. This is so great. I don't want to throw up anymore. But in that little bit, it was so terrifying. Yeah. And and I think going out into space has got to be like that. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Like you said from the front, when, as soon as you said the thing about it opening in the video game, I, it reminded me of this airplane story. And I wanted to tell ah. it. Yeah. Um, it. It's just, it's your body, your, 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 your physical memory knows this is bad for you. <laughs> Falling think- from a great height. Yes. <laughs> it's not thinking about the lo- It's not using your mind and your logic saying there's a parachute attached to me. There's a guy with a parachute attached to me. We know that everybody knows what they're doing here. You're just <laughs> along for the ride. Don't worry about it. But you're, you're there. Every fiber of your body is saying, no. <laughs> Why are you jumping out of this perfectly good airplane? <laughs> 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 Yeah, so I did it once, and I don't ever need to do it again. But I, I'm happy I did it, even yeah. though I never want to do it again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it, the, the, the sense of wonder mixed with the terrifying is what yeah. it is. It's not just, isn't that cool? It's like, isn't that cool? It'll probably kill me. That's what it is, you know? Yeah. Because there is a lot of cool in Alien, too. It's not just terrifying so i that's one thing i why i thought it had some life to it as a game not just you know oh okay we've done it now everyone died by an alien was that fun (laughs) but there's a lot there um them them going to lv426 in the first film and walking across that landscape and then finding the derelict ship and then finding the damn space jockey nothing has ever felt so weird and terrifying when all you're doing is looking at something to me yeah that thing scared the hell out of me as a game. Yeah. It, still, it still has this unnerving feeling about it. Mm. And that's the genius of Giger. Like, right. yeah. designing right. that thing. Oh my God. It, I mean, I, I've, I've read so much and, and watched documentaries about that set. It had real bones. He got real elephant bones and real this mm. bone and real that bones. And apparently, the set was smelly as all hell mm. um, because it was just, they weren't cleaned properly. Uh, at the desired look for sure. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. no, I, I love love Giger's art ever since I first saw Alien. Um, <clears throat> his biomechanics book had come out in soft cover in Germany um, in the late 80s. And the comic shop near me got a copy of the German soft cover. This is before the hardcover ones came out over here. Um, and it, it used to have it sitting on the front register. And I would look through it all the time when I'd go there. I was in high school. And um, my best friend, um, his parents had split up and my parents had taken him in so that he could finish school. We went to college together. So he was technically my brother, but not my brother, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had told my mother how much I was always looking at that book. And it was, it was 19, 1989, 1988. And that book was like 150 bucks. 
and so my mom, my mom got it for me. For, ah, no, <laughs> my mom got it for me for Christmas, and he got me a German English dictionary, so I could. Oh, and so, what amazing! The hell? amazing. I, I opened the dictionary. I was like, "What the hell? What the hell is this? Why do I have this?" And then the next present made it clear what the hell that was. <laughs> um, and that book, I had that book, and I was so fascinated by it that it started to fall apart real fast. Mm. And those pages, I took them and I, I, you know, high school, college kid, um, I, I pasted them on the wall behind my bed. So, you know, mm. any, any mm. women unfortunate enough to come home to me, you see all these demon picture things all over my, behind my bed. I was like, no, you don't understand. They protect me from the demons. <laughs> <laughs> they scare the demons away. Oh. And, uh, and ever since I've had a computer, my, my wallpapers are even right now, they're all giger art. Ah. Um, so you know, I this was a long time coming. Oh, hey, bud, what do you want? <laughs> he says, "I'm awake." He's had enough alone time. Um, yeah. So that was another tangent. Sorry about that. No, no, tangent, no, it's dog. great. That's I, I've worked been... really long and hard to get where I am, and people, oh. uh, people on the outside looking at who are like, "Well, who's this guy? What is he doing?" I made I made the stupid choices in life to stay in this type of career and risk it. Um, right. And it paid off finally. You know, I mean, mm. I'm turning 50. And in the past two years, what's the matter? Come here. Come here. Um, in the past two years, I've I've worked on projects that gotten all these awards. Yeah. But it took me to be 48 to get the awards. you know it's like it's like okay so i've worked hard to get where i am and i was a limo driver i was a pharmacy technician for five years uh i used to i used to have a license to sell comic books on the street in manhattan Mm -hmm. um so i worked with a comic shop to when the death of superman happened i was like on wall street with a table set up Mm -hmm. uh to sell death of superman to stockbrokers you know i've done all these crazy bullshit jobs to get to survive to get where I am. Yeah. And I um because I I, I taught myself uh Photoshop and a bunch of other things, I wound up getting that work for Rockstar Games, which suddenly I, I made money and then I realized why don't I use this money to try and get into the career I really care about. And that's what mm. like tapes and where we are now. So it's 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 not I'm not somebody who just suddenly decided, oh, I'm going to do this and then got the job. You know, it's, yeah, no, it's 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 clear from your resume how hard mm-hmm. you worked. And I mean, it has paid. I mean, you, you, I mean, so much that we're into, you've worked on from Terminator to Alien, you know, like I said, Space 1999 and Buck Rogers and stuff like that. You've, you've been able to touch a lot of interesting stuff. And, and I'm, I'm thankful. I really am. Like, um, I, none of this stuff is what? None of this stuff is talent. None of this is based on talent, like getting the jobs or getting the connections. None of that has anything to do with talent. It's keeping the job that is the talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's all politics and who you know. And are we getting down? Are we doing that? Mm. We're getting down. I guess we're getting down. We're down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Your job. So working oh. hard to get where oh, you were, yeah, yeah, yeah. or get where you are now. Um, yeah, and and you've still got a long way to go. Um, obviously, with a lot of the uh, projects that you have coming up that you can't talk about per se yet, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, what do you call it? Yeah, there's. I mean, look, getting these awards have led to 
I, I'm full freelance now. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was I was senior development editor for Lionforge Animation. That's why I moved to St. Louis because they moved me up here. I did that for almost two years, and then the pandemic hit. Um, so I was doing Alien and stuff like that as freelance on the side. Um, and pandemic hit, and they wound up closing my department. Um, so I got let go. Um, they still use me for freelance stuff mm. um, because I wasn't let go because I was fired. It was like, oh, because department changed. They changed the, what they, the way they did that work to be a freelancing. So I still have work. Um, and luck, but I was like, that's not enough to support me. What am I going to do? You know, um, I, I was making good money. Uh, and then the awards started happening. And once the awards started happening, I've got companies, I, my email, hey, we read your alien thing. We really love it. Would you like to do this for us? Yes. Yes. You know, so <laughs> I, I, I'm getting, I'm in, a, I'm in that position where every freelancer hopes they can have, where they're getting jobs without trying right now. Right. Is that going to last? I don't know. Is it even going to get better? I don't know. It could. You know, yeah. it, it's just, it's, it's all a journey. And um, I never did those things you're supposed to do to adult. Mm. Um, you know, I don't own a house. I didn't get married, not from lack of trying, but I didn't get married. Um, and I don't have kids. And I don't, I, I, my, my family members scratch their heads like, well, what, what happened with that guy? You know, they don't understand it. It's just a different, it's a different way to approach life. But it's, yep. you know, most of, most of the creative people that I've known have been successful. It's some weird thing like what I've done. It's never the same weird thing. We all have weird mm. things, though, you know, um, and it's, it's about being passionate enough to pursue this stuff. And I try to tell people all the time uh, I, I get approached by I, 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 I do um, creative coaching. Oh, okay. um, so I do one on one creative coaching. If anyone watching this is interested, look me up on Facebook and I can you know help you get your project going um i always do a free consultation and i always tell these people when they come to me i was like listen you got something here we could do something you could do something really good here and i can help point you in the right direction but you better be ready to commit to this because mm -hmm. this is something you're going to do you know every third saturday and then oh you know i don't feel like doing it today then, mm -hmm. then you're wasting your money by hiring me as a consultant mm -hmm. uh, because you have to throw yourself into this stuff and 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 really hope that it's you're going to get somewhere with it and you're going to get knocked down several times and you have to pick yourself up again yeah um it's not an easy business to be in and when someone says who's this guy to, to be doing this that's the i'm that guy i'm that guy who's too stupid to walk away from it and luckily it worked out <laughs> yeah, i mean that that resonates i think with us i mean yeah. like we're not we're not doing the same thing obviously but mm. You know, we, we're trying to, like Adam said, what we do is we take, we record the games, we cut them down, we try to make them more of a, an audio play. And it's a it's a heavy market out there. There's a lot of streamers. There's a lot of people, you know, and we're, to, to try to say, listen to us, enjoy us enough to give us a buck, you know. Um, well, if, if, you're if you're passionate about it and you, you're doing your best, then, you know, just the reward is also what you're doing and right. mm -hmm. right. where you want to get, you know, absolutely. You know, I absolutely loved working on space 1999. Oh, I remember what I was going to say before we were talking, ah. about <laughs> uh, we, were talk we were talking about space 1999 and I went off on some tangent. Um, so space 1999, right. It's the only book that I worked on in my early career that I made money on. Uh, I turned a profit on those books. 
Okay, so I didn't just want to pay the licensing fee. I wound up actually taking some money out for myself. Okay, yeah. Space 1999, which every single publisher I went to is like, who cares about that? It's dead. It's old. <clears throat> yep. Okay. And I'm like, I look at that, and then ITV came to me, and we're like, hey, let's do it again. We love what you did. We new new licensing team. We saw we saw what you did. We love it. Let do you want to do it again? I said sure, and I tried to find a publisher. And now we already have books that came out. We already have books that look beautiful that I can show you. This is what we did last time. We have books that came out that sold out and are hard to get now and are going for decent money. I have the numbers from the previous publisher of how many we sold. Oh, it'll never sell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, if you do the right thing with it, we can make it sell. Mm. It's, if everybody's standing around saying, oh, I'm not going to take a risk on, say, Alien, okay? I'm not going to take a risk on Alien. Could be a one-hit wonder, whatever. And then Alien is successful because somebody took a risk on it. And then I hear from the next publisher, well, I don't want to take a risk on this thing because it's not Alien. I mean, if it was Alien, I would have done it. But no, you wouldn't have. (laughs) You're only saying that because Alien did it already. Right. Let's do it with the next thing. Mm -hmm. Let's do it with this. We can do this. We just have to look at the market and figure out how to present it correctly. Mm. Um, nobody wants to take that risk, but they're all jealous of the guy who took that risk and got the successful product. Mm. Um, and it, it's this, it's this, this fear, this going to stay in the safe zone. Um, that's a problem. Um, yeah, I don't know why I wanted to say that before, but I did. And I remembered it because of what we just said now. But um, I, I, it, 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 everything in this business is a risk. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you, even if you screw it up, there's stuff to learn in that screw up. Yeah. I did, I've only done one Kickstarter so far. I did that in 2013. Uh, and I did it completely wrong. And I fucked it up big time. Oh, the next time I do a Kickstarter, mm-hmm. which may be soon, um, I'm going to do it much different than what I did before because I know what works now. I've examined it. I I took that and saw everything I did wrong there, and I know why I did it. And a lot of it was because I was playing it safe. I asked for way too much money because I was like, well, what if we need more money for this? And people, oh, yeah, you're going to do a book and you want $80,000. You're not going to get there. But if I asked for $10,000, watch it get $150,000. Yeah. Okay. Because because it's a reachable goal, and once it's reached, people are like, "Oh, okay," you know. And, but mm. the trick is, make sure you can still do it with that ten thousand dollars. Right, right. Mm. Um, and and you know, I'm in a situation now where um, publishers will back me on something, so that's going to happen. You know, mm. so I, I know things that I can do now that I didn't know before, and if it wasn't for those fuck ups, I wouldn't know that. Right. Mm. You know? um, so so everything is everything is learning, everything is growing. A lot of people took the safe way out and lived their lives and they always feel like something's missing. And that's because mm-hmm. they did that. But they, even with that, and I don't want to sound negative about that because I don't think that's a bad thing either because they have a beautiful wife and a love and lovely children and a home. And I don't have that. So they wanted that instead. So be happy that you have those things in your life right. for that. We make choices and we make sacrifices, mm-hmm. um, but this, the, to be go anywhere in this business is going to be, like this yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. what you guys are doing it's great you love doing it so do it 
you know, do it, be, be part of it, make it happen. Um, and if it's no longer what you want to do, do something else that you want to do instead. Yeah. But don't just not do it and not be happy, you know? Absolutely. And was that Kickstarter the Carbon Gray? No. No? Kickstarter, no, I did a Kickstarter in 2013 for a book called Frenzy. Okay. Ah. It was about... Um, it's about sharks, pretty much. I'm a, a huge Jaws fan. Um, I mentioned Jaws 2 earlier, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it, um, I'm trying to figure out what can I legally say about it. It started <laughs> off as a licensing thing from somebody else that I was working with, and it didn't go through, and I decided to make the idea on its own. Um, uh. And it was it's the same illustrated for- novel format. It was going to be uh, a lot of the artists who worked on the Apes one were going to be mm. working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I asked for way too much money and I didn't have anything done already. So it was like, it's really going to be cool guys. Right. Give us all this money and maybe you'll see something cool. That's no, no. You show mm. here's half the book done. Here's all these great things. Here's the art that these guys did. Here's a snippet of story. Now you want it. Right. And here's mm. a price. That's what you do. And then people are like, Oh shit. And it's from this guy. So we'll mm. do it. Um, you know, it, everything I did wrong. I learned from um, no, the Carbon Gray is not my. The Carbon Gray is not even my game. Carbon Gray is a, a comic from um, that was put out by Image from um, uh, Huang Nguyen. I may have said his last name wrong. N Y G E N Nguyen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, forgive me, Wang, uh, if I've said it wrong. Uh, but regardless, um, I did the role, role playing game for that. A magnetic press play put out that game. And and what's cool about that is. Um, Magnetic is affiliated with Lionforge, the company that I told you I worked with. Um, and when I first came on there, they're like, you know, games, right? <laughs> and they were thinking of the fact that I knew um, that I worked for Rockstar Games, mm. they did, which mm. is not tabletop games. And I was yeah. Like, yeah, I know games. Why? I'm like, oh, because we need someone to head up the, the tabletop gaming department. Do you want to do that? Sure. <laughs> This is before Alien was out. I was working on Alien at the time. I was like, yeah, sure, I'm your guy. Um, but I was their guy, as it turned out. It worked. Yeah. You know, um, the first thing I was like, well, we need uh, a rule system. Um, and uh, my writing partner on a lot of projects, his name is E.L. Thomas. I met him there. He he said, well, it's going to take us two and a half years of development to come up with a new rule system. So I was like, well, we don't have time for that. And I hunted down the people who own West End Games, the people who did the Star Wars game in the yeah. uh, 90s and i got the rights for us to do that and then the gaming department never went anywhere so we sat on that and then magnetic is affiliated with lionforge so it's all connected and uh mike at magnetic called me one day he's like hey do you know we have the rights to do this thing with with with, uh west end games i was like yeah i'm the motherfucker who got us that's right (laughs) so um that's led to us doing the carbon gray thing and there's we're doing a whole bunch of other stuff with that coming out it's not just carbon gray they're doing a whole bunch of properties very Um, cool yeah, I'm very, very proud of the way the Carbon Gray books look. It was the first oh, okay. playing game that I, like, I, I did the book packaging thing for Apes. I did the design, I did the layout, I did the writing, I art directed the art. I'd never done that for a role-playing game before. I've just written, and mm. um, the Carbon Gray thing was really, I was the guy in charge of making all that happen, and I'm, I'm just super happy with the way it came out. It's really beautiful. I think people are going to be shocked that this is magnetic, magnetic's first game it's got it's got 28 miniatures and it's 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 got uh, uh, a solo adventure 
that me and uh, E.L. Thomas wrote. It's got a, a campaign book. It's got uh, asset cards. It's got the custom dice. It's got everything. It's a giant box set. Um, so yeah, I'm very proud of that, but it, it wasn't mine. I didn't create Carbon Gray. I, um, but I may have another Kickstarter that I did create coming up soon that I made. <laughs> 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 Uh, watch this space yeah. mm-hmm. i can see the dice sitting there behind you uh drew uh do you still play or um is it there for reminiscence sort of th- this is the alien dice and ah. these are d10s which is for the terminator game um so i have a, i'm obsessed with this color currently i have sneakers that are this color um, it's a great color it's i don't know why but I, I i saw them on amazon and they were a decent price they're only 40 bucks for these sneakers and they're so comfortable and everywhere i go people comment on them so it's like yeah. you know, at conventions a lot of conversations start that way and that's what you need to happen at conventions when you're right. well i think i actually remember because um our instagram i mostly do i think i remember you putting a, a post up on instagram saying i'm going to be at this convention if you're looking for me i'll be the guy in the neon yeah yeah, it's just neon yeah. <laughs> i remember, I remember that but now now i have to decide when i go to a show is it going to be the hat or the sneakers because right uh, i'll really go with the hat thank you um, yeah but um no so i mean i the, so much of me figuring out, okay, what the hell should this thing be able to do? I just roll a few dice every time. I'm like, all right, now I know how many dice it should have in that. Ah. You know, so yeah, that, that's what that's for. It, it's not here for show. I literally have it here, so I have it while I'm trying to figure something out. Just, okay, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's part of the work. This is Slave One from when I went. Yes, yes I was going to say Slave One as well. It's not part of the work yet. Yet, <laughs> yet, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I, I wore um for the Gen Con Awards last year. I think it was for last year's. They, re- they recorded my acceptance video while I was at Dragon Con at my booth, and I was wearing a Batman mask. And so then I got kind of <laughs> some people. Are you doing Batman? Mask? <laughs> no, I'm just wearing Everybody. a Batman mask, man. <laughs> Everyone just speculating. <laughs> It's the minute you do something, people think that that's what's going on next. So. Uh, everyone's like, it's got to be a hint. It's, it's. Yeah. I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure it out. And if that ever did happen, that's gonna be proof. And then yeah, exactly, I knew it from 14 years ago. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's a long-term yeah, yeah, project. Yeah. <laughs> or, hints a long time ago. Or, or he likes Batman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, yeah, 14 year project. Couldn't be that. Couldn't be that. Definitely couldn't be that. So no, for, for sure. <laughs> no, I'm more than happy to have you come back and talk about anything Absolutely. That you're involved in. Awesome. But yeah, we just have to um get a, get enough time to do a little bit of research on whichever one it is so that we um don't um make don't, you carry the whole thing yes, completely. Don't, don't. Well, I don't know how to shut up, so there is that. No, but that's that's the point of having a guest on. Absolutely. Know, think... And all the tangents were very interesting yeah. and also relevant. So I don't even know if they count as tangents because they all tied back in in the end. So, yeah. Thank you. That is I very true. We really appreciate you coming on. Too. Yeah. Um, and like, um, uh, you know, giving us your time. It's yeah. We're, we're very grateful to yeah. almost three hours we took from him. So that's oh, has it, really been that has long? it, it didn't count. feel like that long. <laughs> no. I just looked and I was like, oh, crap. Not that we have anything that we're worried about, but I know no, you're busy. But so. yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually, I have to go to go look into dinner. So Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. 
Thank you so and, much. For and tell Adrian, thank you for, for chilling in the background and making it tell wonderful. Thank tell you, yourself. Adrian. Adrian, thank you for being here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's like, to. He's ignoring you. <laughs> yeah. so, like, is she paying for an autograph? If not, yeah, I would. Boy. I would. I absolutely He's just worrying would, about his own agenda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it definitely is going to be the death of me. Yeah. So. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Drew. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one. Absolutely. Have a great day. Have a good. You too.